practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. All right. Well, you've, you're already recording? <laughs> Sorry. I, I just, no, I, because I, I was testing my SD card, so I had to keep hitting it like a chimp. So I'm in. I'm in. You're in? Ready to roll? I love it. I'm ready to roll. Hit us I'm with it, say, my dude. Welcome to the... Well, I'll start before you even say hello. Uh, let's say hello first, because we'll go on a tangent, of course. <laughs> welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast. This is Casey. This is Hans. Uh, I'd like to first off like to say, tutti fruity, good booty. If it don't fit, don't force it. You got, you got to, you can grease it. Make it easy. The original lyrics to Tutti Fruity by the recently deceased Little Richard. Rest in probably peace. the bat, the baddest ass dude that has ever slammed on a fucking piano. Casey, if you so you'll see, I made some notes in crayon here on Ruby's little thing, <laughs> but in pen, I literally just wrote it six minutes ago. R.I.P. Little Richard, because. Like, as a kid, in full earnestness, because I, I don't know where we grew up, or let's call it me, like, yeah. it was intolerant for quote-unquote weird, you know what I mean? Because I'd see him on uh, uh, Full House, and I'd be like, sure, he's the punch of the, he's the punchline because he's so weird, which he was, because, you know, Uncle Jesse'd be like, here's my dad, Little Richard, I don't know how they <laughs> set it in, here's my- but but then he just like oh he'd like roller skate in and be like ah! and then everybody would laugh and I was like oh we're supposed to laugh at him like with no irony whatsoever he is the was is like one of the coolest people that existed I, in show business he is like a, a celestial thing like floating in and out of my life and it was like. The music's awesome, and you listen to it as a kid. Yeah. And the passage I read was or was the original lines to Tutti Fruity. Tutti Fruity, good booty. If it don't fit, don't force it. You can grease it, make it easy. <laughs> He's not hiding anything. This is 1955. This guy's like the fifth child of ten kids, like Southern Alabama. Oh. Yeah, I didn't like the Ku Klux yeah. Klan. Like this is like the deep, and he's just rolling up with a pompadour and a blouse and lipstick, <laughs> and he's singing like a, a the one of the best like pop proto rock songs of all time, and he's just like, listen. Yeah, he's truly an original, kick ass music. I think I don't know if like people caught on. He didn't have like another big like he. He crushed 1950. Yeah. Look, he crushed his whole life because he's pure original, never back down. But as far as like charting, he crushed 1956 to 1958. He had like all these number one hits, and then after that, it kind of like people kind of were like, ah, "Jerry Lee Lewis is slightly more, he's palatable. more palatable," and he's not. He married his third. <laughs> Mary's 13 year old cousin and you're like well he's not black or gay right um wow i, I, I never realize... heard those lyrics before they are because i just hear tutti fruity and you know what goes on in my head it's literally ice cream cones dancing like right. on a uh, like a ferris wheel in which is like, great the song 
is so raw. It's like an ODB song. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, the person who rewrote it was just like, the next line is good booty. So he just goes, oh, Rudy? (laughs) Just nonsense. You can't even, like... He, uh, and then just womp, bomp, a loo, bomp, a womp. Like, he, they just scatted the rest of the song because it was like, he said, grease it. That's make it easy. <laughs> that's, um, one, he should be. It's too bad he didn't reinvent himself as old, dirty Richard. Um, oh, oh, that's the greatest. Oh, there has to be an independent comic called Old Dirty Richard. <laughs> yeah. Or just, it's like a black exploitation movie. And he's like, that hair has settled and it's back. And you sent me that image. All I'm picturing is one of the greatest villains of all time. I know. Underrated. The assassin from Boys in the Hood, the greasy Jerry Curl God in the Bulls hat. Yeah, great, greasy bulls. But just imagine that as little Richard. Uh, old Dirty Richard. Old Dirty Richard. Um, <laughs> I think, but, but on, a, on a more like artistic note, or a, let's call it like a pure note, that is how mm-hmm. you, at least musically, to me, like, that is how you know something is purely musical. Like, you can take it back to, like, classical. It's like, yeah. oh, it didn't need lyrics because it spoke for itself. And that's kind of like what that scatting kind of does, too. It's like, I don't need to rhyme anything like this because this wails. I'll just say a dip, dap, a doo dee, doo doop, ba, ba, boo. And you're like, yep, I don't care. That's cool. Yeah. It's like, um, like, uh, um, um, Simon and Garfunkel when they did Mrs. Robinson like that yeah. do, 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 mm-hmm. that was just them like working the melody out together and they're like I don't know that that's fine like itself isn't it that kind of like is catchy so they're like okay and it's great why would you sing over you know that's how you know you got like, why would you why yeah, mess with tweezer it yeah. and like just put things over it just let it be like, like that's that magical alchemy of like when it's just good music it cuts through because the thing I was reading about Little Richard is like, you know, it's 1955 and he's in northern Alabama and the Ku Klux Klan's outside, like, not protesting with citronella candles. They have, like, guns and shit and they want to murder him. And he's inside singing to their kids and the song is so good, they can't even stay seated. They have to get up and get in the aisle and start dancing. How amazing is that? Like, he's just like a, he's like a wizard. <laughs> Yeah, old dirty Richard the Wizard. Um, old dirty Wizard. What was I gonna say on that? Uh, doesn't matter. But you know what? You know who he's um, boxing in heaven right now. Mickey Rooney. Old Roy Horn. Roy Horn. Siegfried and Roy. Roy. Oh shit! That's right. I didn't know his name. Why is it? He his the last name of Horn. Horn never seemed to fit him. He sounds like a fox pundit. Like he was like the guy who like (laughs) was on the McMellon Report. Right. Yeah. Roy Horn passed away, Uh, and Roy was specifically of. Oh, those those fellas ain't boxing. (laughs) They're fighting like two snakes would fight, (laughs) just slithering against each other. But the best show, like, that's why they, like, that's whatever your conception of your higher power is. He just went, I am so bored. He's bored like everybody else. He's like, give me something other than coronavirus news right now. He's like, give me Little Richard and Roy mm-hmm. from Siegfried and Roy because I want the greatest show on earth. And they came yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is fight like snakes now. 
You are a cruel Old Testament god, you are. Siegfried, take me now. Poor Siegfried, I was thinking that. Because they had a bond. I don't care. I don't know what their relationship was. I don't know if it was best friend. I don't know if it was lovers. I don't know if it was partners. I don't know if it was a mix of all. Of all. But they had a story capitalizing on the whole Tiger King momentum mm-hmm. on like 2020 or something. Oh, yes. Ashley and I watched okay, it. Okay, so I watched it too. Yes, okay. And one thing we're, we're... I got from it was just they are intimately, not necessarily sexually, but intimately they're not too unified. I don't I maybe I don't think so. I don't maybe. know. I, I, I couldn't tell point. you. But whatever they are, they're just bound by their connection so much so that uh, the first thing I thought, probably everybody thought when Roy Horn died, I went, I don't know how Siegfried's going to handle it. Those guys, by the way, are just from a purely visual aspect, from a pure style aspect, is <laughs> so beautifully pristine and like, uh, it's not to use a pun, but like, they dress very like, early 2000s caddy and that's where it stopped it just they're done mirror a lot of a lot of metallics even if you're rich and famous like that is really exhausting to follow yeah and they're like they've like aren't they, they've been in las vegas for 50 years they met on a cruise ship in like 1951 doing like <laughs> They weren't even the performers. Taking them from, like, communist Russia. They were escaping a pogrom. They weren't even performers. They were just, like, hustling their way to America with, like, three-card Monty. (laughs) Just picturing they had, like, mirrors on their shoes. What was that? Splash? Is that the beginning of Splash? Like, (laughs) young John Candy's just, like, young Roy Horns trying to peek up a man's trouser leg. But if you think about it, their first, like, they ruled Vegas. From oh, yeah. like I don't know the sixties, so let's let's call it forty years, two shows a day. After let's call it one show a night. Yeah. I don't know how many, and those guys are compensated. You know what I mean? Oh, so shit. I mean Roy Horn money is probably hard to comprehend. Like I bet, and those guys knew how to have fun, Little Richard style. I guarantee oh, you, yeah. some of those rooms you just walked into. Some you walked right back out because you're yeah. like, I, yeah. oh, okay. okay. Like, yeah, literally you walk into like the snake room from Raiders of the Lost Ark or something. Oh, yeah. Or uh, have you been to Graceland? I have not. It's a goal. It is awesome. And it's like the best highbrow, lowbrow thing. And that's how I imagine their like top three floors of their like Vegas high rise is. Sure. Sure. Because you can, like, despite Elvis being the most famous human. Right. Probably for this century. Sure. Pro- you know. Uh, you, you take that boy out of fucking West Memphis, but ooh, West Memphis comes with him. You know, he's got, he had, like, the jungle room. Yeah. And it's, it's like a bedroom. Because it's, like, Graceland's big, but it's not. Like this, like the palatial mansions you see now. It's not like Shack Big, or yeah. No, so the rooms are small. They're like a stately manor room. So you have like a ten by ten room that has a waterfall and plants in it, and then a tiny table with four chairs, five chairs, one for Elvis and one for each Beetle. You know, and then he's like, "Let's go to my TV room." 
and two thirds of the room is just those old thick I ass TVs. It. I love it. It you'll it's so awesome because it's cool. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of Elvis, no, it's fine. <laughs> Shooting that TV, she's throwing a Princess and the Frog is on, and only a dad could see that laser. Yeah, for oh, yeah. two rooms. I'm seeing Casey's tiniest bit of Casey's television. All right. Um, let's call it Elvis Affluence, and I love it. Yes, and I that that would got to stop. Yeah, you give up. Just do do what makes you happy. You have a little money, so mm-hmm. you can do more of it. I mean, you know, don't live. Don't there's Elvis Affluence, and then I think it's you that told me about this, and it it was was a Def Leppard or who's the guy who had David Lee Roth as a lead singer for a while? Oh, it's um uh, Van Halen. Van Halen. So you you were I think it was you you were telling me about the Van Halen guys. So David Lee Roth took over and a couple guys quit, but basically because they were like, "I'm just we have everything." Like their heart wasn't in it, and they just yeah like would sit in one room, do drugs, drink beer, and have fast food delivered, and they would literally just, just kill a room with fast food wrappers like... and paraphernalia until they would like would just wake up one day and just go. And then just wade their Room's way done. through the spill <laughs> yeah. to the next yeah. room. That's <laughs> just like that room doesn't exist anymore. That's violent. Yeah. So don't like don't total grunge it up. But like, because all right. So it's as soon as you were saying that about like this is what his place looked like. I was watching Saturday Night Live, and they had a guest segment. You know, Saturday Night Live at home. They had a guest segment. It was Tina Fey. And her backdrop, mm-hmm. and I couldn't help the backdrop because I was like, that's every affluent New Yorker's apartment I've been in because it is a series of shelves with very neat, organized, specific points. Like, if you look at all my shelves, they are so full of books that I have to move books to get to the books behind it, right? right. This, like, to her, over her right shoulder was a perfect set of stacked books that were themed so it was like the new york in the 70s david bowie's biography and then over here was like a sculpture and then right here was like one plant and then but the shelves were like industrial garage shelves like those steel friction shelves you Mm -hmm. put together i was like that's every like it in new york space is money does that make sense? Oh, yes. You're just like, yes. that's how you, it's funny. It's like negative space. That's how you, um, that's how you that's show your eating cake right. as we all starve. Right. Like just showing this, oh, you're just not going to cram all your useless books on there because you have some place for all your useless crappy books. And you, these are just your cool books. And you can just take those books and you go, I want a new book theme. And these books you get rid of. Whereas when I see like a stack of books, I'm like, I remember what paycheck those books came out of. I'm throwing those yes. books away. Um, <laughs> or you remember what corner you found them on? You're like, uh-oh. holy shit! I can't believe I found a copy. I remember that find. Um, I don't know how I got to that, but I, I just obviously, it's like Zoom. You're just on Zoom all the time. I feel like we're proto Zoomers because we've just been virtually podcasting for so long. But yeah. I will say. I Before we get too far away, <laughs> yes, can we just sorry, have yes. one more? Please. Yes. My favorite part <laughs> of the Siegfried and Roy 2020. Yes. Of course. It's probably yours because it was Ashley's as well. 
was the last like 10 minutes when they have the reunion show Unbelievable. and it's just the, the cavalcade of stars <laughs> talking about how this is the greatest experience of their life yeah as they show the most awkward magic show you've ever seen in your life it was so bizarre you would have thought isis was behind danny devito with the ak-47 because he's like oh greatest show i've ever seen it's amazing these guys are amazing uh, and as Roy Horn with his, like, you know, his Tiger King leg shuffles in in a skeleton costume. No, he's got, like, a Phantom of goes, the Ooh. Opera costume on. And oh, he his neck's all... slinks by, and he's dragging that one leg. And that's, slowly... that's just, that's what the show looked like. It's not, not making I mean, fun of dude got attacked by a tiger. Not because the tiger thought he was having a stroke, by the way. That's just my opinion. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And good for you. He's trying to save him. Stand by it. I don't care. You're Roy Horn. If you want to be yeah. like, you know what? I'm not blaming the tiger. Don't. But that tiger saw you make one misstep and it finally was like, I'm going to bite this. Meg knows somebody that was at that show. Can, Meg does? Yeah. Can you imagine oh, the greatest show on earth? That's it's the not, show. It's not. Obviously, it's not because somebody got hurt. But like. When they you sh- die. What? You died to Corona. Blame Corona. Right, right, right. Can you imagine? I I can't even. Would you, would you have thought twice before that happened? Because now they're show, they in the 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 expose we saw. They show video of the show. Would you mm-hmm. have given it a second thought of sitting on that showroom floor as those tigers walk like right by you? Because I don't know if I would have. I I see, and that was my thing about Tiger King too. It's like. I, I I think tigers are cool. Yeah. But not enough to be like, I gotta get down there. I gotta touch a tiger. Right, no. Whether it's big or small. Like, if I'm gonna see Siegfried and Roy, I'll get to cheap seat. I'll stand in room only. I'll stand in the back. Well, that goes without Drink saying. Drink a Miller Lite. But would you have ever thought anyone was in danger as those tigers were walking around? I can't. I mean, like we were saying, they've done it since the late seventies, early eighties. Just lulled into a bit of. I'm I'm notoriously skittish. It's like a city bus. Like people get hit by a city bus, but you're like, eh, okay, whatever. I got attacked by a golden retriever on my paper route when I was twelve, and I just it's always like in the back of my head. Like it just got me down and was like going for my neck. So there's oh, I've always God, had a like bit of a real. distrust, and when I was in. Uh, Germany. There's this place called Offenberg. Now translated, Offen is monkey and Berg is mountain. So it's literally called Monkey Mountain. And you go there and I forget if you even have to pay, but you just drive up and it's just all these loose macaques, macaws, whatever you want to call them, snow monkeys. I would say they range around 25 pounds, something like that. I'm trying to think of the weight. Whatever. You can picture that type of monkey. And instantly, I felt wildly uncomfortable just because they're loose. And yeah, all you have to do is see them like smile or open their mouth. And you see those crazy canines that only that are very unsuspecting on a monkey. And you're just like, that's it. Like, grab my hair, do whatever. And sure enough, so I was just very, like, tense the whole time. I couldn't enjoy it, and I love monkeys. But um, I saw, of course, on, like, German boner television or whatever, like, German <laughs> TV's not great. 
So in a lot Cabin of bomb. a lot of it is just straight up like I a lot of European TV is prank shows. I don't know if you've noticed. Sometimes they slip over here like late night and they're selling like a VH, VHS or something. This. Um yeah. but so this was like a prank show or an, a German's funniest home videos which is fodder <laughs> in itself. But it was people one segment was just like people getting attacked at Offenberg. And, you know, even though it was, like, attached to, like, these people were getting dragged in. And then it would be like, don't go too close to that one. And it's like a mother protecting her cubs or whatever. And you're just like, she will rip your throat out, dude. I can't. I can't. Did you see there was a, a viral video that I saw and people were sharing it and, like, kind of chuckling about it? And it gave me the fucking cold chills. It was a guy... An older guy, maybe have been the, the father or the grandfather, sitting on a bench with a little kid, and then this fucking little monkey just straight up runs up and grabs the little kid and just drags it halfway down this alley before the fucking dad grandpa can get up and like, Whoa! like I'm a bigger monster than you. And the monkey just dropped the kid, and then the kid got up and just walked back. That's horrible. And I was like, my, I was like, I was gonna have a panic attack. Yeah, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I'm thinking about like if a if a, an ape just grabbed my kid. I don't. Would you ever? How comfortable would you feel? Say, say they were like, you know what, jerk practice. We're gonna bring. We're bringing you out. We got a special Netflix show. But the, Life from Athenberg. But the, but the deal is, we've been wanting to produce a show. Where it's a few sketch guys and gals, but and a chimpanzee. We got this really funny full-grown chimpanzee. That's the fourth member. <laughs> Would you feel comfortable even being in the same building with a loose chimpanzee? I don't think I can. I it just like you had that golden retriever thing. I have a very vivid memory as like a, I was like four or five, and it, this is the it was at the Watertown Bramble Park Zoo. Yeah. And there's not there's a lot more there now, but when we were kids, they had elk, buffalo, yeah, white-tailed oh yeah. deer, basically stuff they could catch outside of the zoo, and then they put it in. The zoo. <laughs> right, prairie dogs. Oh, the prairie dogs! Throw some beans uh, at those dogs, yeah. And then uh, a couple things of snakes, some couple bears, some mountain goats, and, something. And then they had those like silos of monkeys. Oh yeah, sure, and. You know, we would go, and they had the little dispenser, and it's so sad. It was like, put a quarter in, get a handful of dog food, <laughs> and you feed the monkey. So I remember getting a quarter from my mother, getting a handful of dog food, and then having my father lift me to the cage. Oh, yeah. And I was just laughing as these monkeys take the dog food out of my hand, and then one of them couldn't get close enough to the dog food and just went, fuck this guy. And grabbed me by the hair. Ah, uh, see, that's horrifying. And I was screaming, and my, I can't remember, like, I could feel my dad pulling on my, you know, like, pelvis, like, on my waist. Like, I gotta get my kid away from this scalp savage him. beast. And then I remember coming away, and I was crying. And the, I remember looking up, and I just saw this, like, macaw with the... Just eating a fistful of, like, white blonde hair. Ugh, uh, yeah. Those spider so monkeys. So I'm like, I'm, I'm okay with monkeys. I'm, I'm fine. They're okay. As I recall, too, they really, they just were like, they're monkey. You know what? I don't, I don't want to get anybody's head, but like, 
As I recall, all the monkeys were put in together. And monkeys don't just magically come from one jungle in Peru. So they're like, I don't know. Monkeys this monkey's and from apes India. And this gorillas. monkey's from China. Let's get one from Athenberg <laughs> and a couple um, Brazilian monkeys. They just put them in there and they were all like, yeah, I guess we look alike, but should we fight to the death now? I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. What are they feeding us? Um, this is dog food? God. And, and of course, there's, there's just, there's this story and it's straight out of like, um hannibal this guy telling a story but it was this guy shouldn't do this people and they're cute at first but he raised this chimpanzee adopted this chimpanzee cub the only way i'm in a room with chimpanzee is if i got a pair of boxing gloves (laughs) yeah well maybe after i tell this story you might hang those gloves up you might hang those gloves (laughs) up because this guy raised this chimp and this chimp became very soft but finally they were like look your chimp is horny. He's gonna he's gonna kill you in your sleep, and like he's gonna you know he's just too horny for his own good, and he has super strength. So the guy's like, all right. So he takes him to a chimpanzee reserve. But this chimp, chimpanzee brothel. This chimp is like a soft Williamsburg irony chimp. Like it shows up with its pashmina scarf and it shows up sure, he's been to these chimp hoagies. Right. The other chimps that are there, chimps that have been like rescued from the wilds from poachers oh shit so they're just it's rikers so right you take a soft doughy wall street guy and you just throw him in gen pop with uh, right exactly really hard hard men from all across manhattan and the bronx so so this guy's like all right you know it feels bad dropping him off and he calls and he calls the person around the wild they're like how's he doing he's like well they're like He's adapting, you know, they've got to let him in, you know, there's alphas and, you know, he's having a little bit of a hard time. He's like, okay, well, his birthday's coming up. I'll bring him a birthday cake. So the guy shows up, feels comfortable around him, and the chimp is excited to see him. So he gets in the cage with this chimp, but all the other chimps are in there too. And these chimps are like prison chimps who are like, haven't had stuff. And this guy is already a morsel on his own, but he pulls out a birthday cake and they're like he's covered himself in birthday cake (laughs) right exactly so they run up and they are just like they want the cake they want to show this guy who's boss but apparently the thing about chimpanzees is they know they're they they fight like i would fight because i couldn't they fight dirty or smart however you want to look at it so they're like Look, what do people fight me with? They fight to live. They fight. They don't fight for finesse. Somebody fights me with their hands, so I need to rip off their hands. <laughs> somebody needs somebody. What's one of the more sensitive areas on the body? Genitals. I so genitals. I'm gonna rip off their like I'm going for the genitals first. What are they, what else do they need to continue to fight? Oh, they need their senses, their eyes, their nose, their mouth. So they ran up on this guy. And as, like, you tell it, like, a, a chimpanzee expert, so, like, they're like, so what they did is they broke his fingers, ripped off his penis, ripped out his eyeballs, and tore his ears off, and then proceeded to, like, punch him. Like, and I was just like, <laughs> and then they... <laughs> insult to injury, just, like, kick him on the Who was working the fucking chimpanzee resort then? Dr. T? <laughs> Like, that's when you're like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, I quit. I quit today. Today's my last day. Oh, God. I don't know why I let that guy with the 
he had hot dogs in his pocket <laughs> and two birthday cakes. Yeah, right. Put a lock on what that. What are you cute. doing? Oh, man. So, and, but this That's guy... an alternative cut of the James Franco Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> he walks into Caesar and then Rex will just rip his face off. And the... Sorry, James Franco. And this guy lived. This guy lived. I mean... Oh, did does he, though? Did he? <laughs> no, that's a thing. I don't know. Kill me now. <laughs> really, though? No, nah, that's not fair. That's not fair. And obviously it's gruesome, but you're just like, I... So, you don't blame the victim. Don't blame the victim. And here's something. I was talking oh. to somebody about this, too. A woman was killed by an alligator on Kiowa. That's the island right next to where I work. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a very affluent island. Old, filthy... Uh, old dirty Joe lives there. Joe Biden has a house there. Um, and so this woman, unfortunately it happens like four times a year in South Carolina because there's wild alligators out. They get killed by alligators and she was killed by an alligator. And part of it though, is she went up to the alligator because people need to know better than to go into chimpanzee enclosures or to walk up into an alligator, even if it's just four feet. Because its tail fucking... will break your ankle, and all it has to do is... It, it doesn't, like, just eat you whole like a Disney movie. It's a motherfucking movie. dinosaur! Right. It drowns you. It pulls you under. Anyways, this poor woman, not making a very bad mistake, the worst one, obviously, sure. was yeah. killed, but they she got corona-shamed afterwards because the next article that came out, turns out this woman was doing an in-home manicure visit. So, like, that led the story. It was like, woman doing in-home manicure visit gets killed by a gator. And it's like, <laughs> like, like right. one One causes the other. And then to boot, the person getting the manicure deflected on themselves. And you tell me what you think of when this quote that she's like, yep, she came over and she was doing my manicure. And she was talking way more than I've ever heard her talk. She was talking more. Then I normally hear her talk at the salon. And then she went over to the alligator and said, let's see how close I can get to the alligator. Now, my what do you, what do you interpret that very bizarre statement as? Wait, huh? No, that's like, what? I'm just trying to. It, I don't know. I think it's a drug like, thing. Like she was on drugs. Oh, she was oh, talking a it. lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's how she I was talking it. a lot more than normal. And then she went, how close do you think I can get to that alligator? I'm on drugs. Will you give me more crack if I could touch this alligator? I'm the one doing the wrong thing, not you, with the manicure. I forced you into your manicure. Like, that even fucking matters. She got eaten by an alligator. I know, like, I love the news of, like, well, she was breaking the quarantine by giving manicures. It's also like, oh, the mayor of Chicago got her hair done. And then was killed by a snake. Right. Like, what is that the balance? Like, is that the punishment? Did the mayor of Chicago get her hair done? Yeah, she told people to stay home for. And then there were shame. photographs of her at a salon. So everybody's like, "What the fuck?" And then her response was like, "Well, I can't do my own hair. I'm in the pub. Like, basically, I'm in the public eye. The rest of you plebes can have your family cut your hair. I'm getting it professionally done." What is with the haircut, man? I Do don't. it if you want. I'm it, not. I'm not here to just get your haircut. But like, I, I get. I'm just too. I'm too sloppy. So you know what? It's just never. It's not same on here. my I'm, list. 
I will say yesterday, and you're a beer guy, maybe you have mm-hmm. something here. Yesterday, I actually ended up looking up and I found out a reason for this. I act, my beard felt and I, I swear it this I know it's only because of the way it felt. It sounded like mm-hmm. I was crunching potato chips in a bag. It was Ooh. so dry and brittle and sharp and it turns out that your face has like oils it's called like seba gum oils that keeps mm-hmm. your like face from like it's grease that it releases from keeping Cracking your off. face yeah. getting infected and it helps like keep your beard soft but when you get to a certain point and it's different on everybody that oil like can't reach if you think about like i don't know oil mm-hmm. going down a string it like just dries up and i'm so like sore now so I was like, they're like, well, yeah, that's why beard oil exists. I never thought about it. Oh, put yeah. beard oil in. Sounds, but I, I don't have beard oil. So I put all, I, I put olive oil in my beard. Ooh, and now, I, now I smell like an Italian wedding. Like I'm always just like, <laughs> this is smell like Godfather one. It's just like if one, it, if for anybody out there listening that has a grossy beard like me specific, and it is gross, like, and it feels a little dry and Does weird. Does it work? Oh, it, work? it was like night and day. It was like uh, just always hungry. Just though. went, and but yes, but now I'm <laughs> like I want to go to Filio's and dip bread. <laughs> I was just gonna say you have that little bread dip. You need to dip your beard. Uh, it did feel really good. It does feel good. So maybe there's something to beard oil, but I'm not gonna pay for a jug of scented oils because I'm not Louis the Sixteenth. But no, exactly like. <laughs> That's when the chimp beats me up. The moment I perfume my beard, like, that's when the gorilla hits me instead of the guy next to me who has the, like, really nice cologne. But that's, yeah, so... I I smell and look like an ape, so it's like, why would I... Why would I? Right. Why would I change? That's the... That's why I want to expressly, like, if... Clearly doing... Like, clearly grooming isn't high on my list, so I get it. If it is on somebody's, then fuck, get your... Get your hair done. That's where I'm at. Do what everybody do you. We'll see yeah. where this is. We all know there's ways to do it smart. I don't know if not doing it smart isn't like connecting and being like, hey, what's your, where are you at right now? Like, I'm thinking of, let's use hair because we're on it. Let's think of a hairstyle. Mm-hmm. Your mom's a hairstyle. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. You connect to your regular clients. I'm going to start seeing a client. I'm going to see you. Mm-hmm. You got to wear a mask. I got to wear a mask because we got to be close to each other. We get a haircut. We wash our hands. I guess I got to say that's fine. I don't. I don't. Do. It is what it is. What are you not going to like as a hairstylist? I don't give I don't need yeah. a haircut in a year and nobody will go look at Hans. He hasn't had a haircut in a year. They'll just go. Hey, Hans. Like, it's just that's just how it is. Um, no, I, but for I somebody that my hair out yesterday, right. and I look like. The Beast from the Beauty and the Beast TV show. Right. Right. You look like you should be in Harry Potter. It's just like, just this, yeah, no, exactly. I look like Hagrid or whatever his name is. So, yeah, so if, so that's just a, a personal thing. Like, I just don't need a haircut. I didn't get haircuts before, really, because there were two, I get like one no. a year and it, and it felt really good. So, yeah. I don't know how I'm we not were against it. I'm just, no. it wasn't a priority for me before. Right. So now I'm just like, oh, oh we're on the mayor of Chicago. Maybe it's a priority yeah. for her, but I'm sorry. That's why I wanted to meander back. For you, if you're telling, don't fucking wipe your butthole don't with one shut. hand and yeah. then and slap me with the other. 
Like, if you're no, going to say what it people is. don't get haircuts and then you literally go out and get a haircut? No. No, no, no it's way. not just... You gotta you gotta look like the newscasters from Batman. Thank like, you. You're nice gonna look pull. a little bit like oh my, a little busted. Yes, that's so good. Exactly right. That's exactly right. I didn't hear that she had done that, but I just heard recently because I just heard her bullshit response. She didn't say I'm sorry. She just was basic. Just basically said like she she needs a haircut because she's the mayor and you're not. That's some bullshit, right? Thank there. you for the Chevy Chase response, you fucking asshole. Right. Okay, good. <sighs> yeah, that's pretty infuriating. I don't know. I've been pretty. Uh, yeah, I've I've been hearing sad news, obviously, but I I don't really know much of the news news that's going on. Things are slowly opening up, like we just talked about. Yeah. But more importantly, what you can tell the news is shifting from just. Like, like that 24-hour news cycle, all of a sudden I was like, holy shit, CNN doesn't have anything to talk about. Because speaking of obituaries, I was like, who the fuck is Frank Navarro Rodriguez? Because he's leading CNN right now. He's trending their top story. He's the double rainbow guy. He passed. Oh my god, <laughs> Ashley just told me that today. She just before the podcast, she's like, double rainbow guy died. And I went, of what? A broken heart? <laughs> right. I mean, I'm sad that he passed away, but wow. At, at least you used his name because everybody else is like double rainbow guy. And he's like, I am a man with a name that lived a life. But he didn't. He lived nah, a double, double rainbow. rainbow, dude. He, em- well, I guess why not embrace it? Because he like became, he became that guy that like everybody's, wow, that guy eats a lot of Big Macs. And then a guy made a documentary <laughs> about Big Macs. And then he's oh, like, yeah. I'm the Big Mac guy. I ate one a day. So then he has Big Mac shirts and has Big Mac shoes. And you're just like, all right, now you're a spectacle. I get it. A Big Mac's a delicious sandwich. Eat one a day. But now you're Big Mac. Sure. Everybody step back a little bit. And this guy became double rainbow guy. So he always walked around with rainbow, two, oh, two rainbow okay. flags. And he wasn't like the Star Wars kid who was like, I don't want to be this anymore. No, he embraced double it. Double rainbow guy's like, I want to make money, dude. Go fund my double rainbow account. Yeah, I guess I don't know why I'm knocking him. Good on him. He like he actually lived on it. Actually, why am I knocking him at all? Yes, he ended up starting a YouTube channel where he waved rainbow flags all the time, which is what it is. But I think his hits and views like were all the income he needed because he lived alone on the side of a mountain. Like that guy's oh, been dead shit, for three right. months. They just found his ass. Right? Just... <laughs> the the snow melted and <laughs> right. The park ranger showed up. There's a lot of extra raccoons around this guy's cabin. But that guy's well, living speaking... living the dream. He made a virus viral video. He made the fucking he made, he made the the coronavirus. He worked in Wuhan at that lab. <laughs> Double virus, guys. <laughs> They're like, no, what do you mean? <laughs> the bad virus. He's waving his flags. It's, it's like the beginning of <laughs> The Rock. He's pulling these levers and smoke and shit. Sneezing into out. the flag and waving it. <laughs> I don't know. I, um, uh, but you live in the dream. He made a viral video that could support his isolated lifestyle. Great. He, you could have been the Unabomber or you could have been Double Rainbow Guy. Yep. Yeah. It's a fine line. It's like Jerry Seinfeld. There's there's very little difference between sucks and great. I don't know. I've only yeah. I, I just that trailer hit me. Jerry Seinfeld has a new um, comedy special out. 
And the theme of it, from what it seems, is you have a great life or you have a sucky life. I'm here to tell you. Everybody sucks. And that's great. <laughs> Everybody's life sucks. Yeah. So it could be I mean, good. It's a message, I, I guess. It is a message. Especially in these in these times. Right. Uh, I derailed you. We we never talked about it on the podcast. I, te- I messaged you about it. And it's a documentary that you can watch on Amazon. You speaking of, like, someone hitching their wagon to that one moment of fame and riding it until that horse dies. Right. There's a great documentary, Amazon. It's called Finders Keepers. Yeah. And it's... Did we talk about it on the podcast? Yeah. Or did we just message Yeah, yeah, no, we no. Okay. We went into it. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. That's... that's Everything blends together. I was going to say, Tuesday? that was quarantine. <clears throat> okay, never mind then. <laughs> Remember that guy with the foot in the grill? He's a foot in the grill guy. Hey, it's worth bringing up twice. It's worth bringing up twice. I, well, I do have a documentary that I haven't talked about at least twice. If it, That's also on Amazon. Go for it. It's called The Barkley Marathon. Oh, yes. The race that eats its young. Oh, it's amazing. The it's it. If you can describe you to, it for people. Uh, so... There's a guy, one of the early guys who did, uh, what's it called, ultra marathons? Yeah, ultra marathoners, yeah. And u- ultra marathon is just like you run from your house to Maine, basically. Just run wherever, through things, whenever. Uh, he lives in Tennessee, and he created this race called the Barkley Marathon, and it's like this, the most exclusive, sort of secretive, sought-after marathon like on the planet Earth, right? And they accept what was it like twenty to thirty people a year, despite getting thousands of applications. Thousands, because it's it's literally billed as the hardest race in existence, and they call it a and, they call it a marathon, but it's days, correct? Yeah, it's like the Tour de France, but you're on foot. Yeah. So basically, it is the guy creates this thing through the hills and hollers and trails in Tennessee. And there, it's this circular track, and it's "quote unquote" twenty miles long, and you run this circle five times. But it's not a track. It's not a track. It's a trail. We'll call it a path. His yeah, yeah. And he gives you, and as you watch the documentary, people like his handwritten weird notes when he's like, "Okay, now you're gonna come to a tree with five branches or with five trunks next to a tree with four trunks." So you watch these guys from Germany that are like, "What the fuck does this mean?" So it's, yeah, so it's the elite, it's, what's amazing is it's a blend of, like, the most elite athletes ever, but they show up, and the, it's not, it's not elitist. Maybe they're elite athletes, maybe some are elitists that run it, but, like, the starting point, like, the gun, the pistol, which can go off at any time within 24 hours, by the way, like, when the race starts, he chooses when it starts, and the signifier that you can start is he lights a cigarette. He's like that guy that created it is he is like the coolest dude. Like he's so funny. Yeah. But he's so like so chill. And like Khan said, like to start the race, all these guys who are about to run for three days straight, basically, are waiting on this guy. And he's like at the sound of the cigarette lighting. And they're like they're all waiting with anticipation. He just slowly takes out a cigarette, slowly takes out his lighter faints like he's gonna light it and then he lights it and these guys go 
and they run this like 20 plus mile ring and it's like the tour de france you can stop and sleep because they keep your time yep but but you only have what 56 hours to complete yeah and you five... can stop and get calories and everybody and everybody's slurping down like the highest caloric food like this and the quickest food like cup of noodles and stuff oh, there was that one part where the guy's like the someone in this guy's team is like you need this you need this you need this and he goes you need a payday and the guy's like oh yeah and i was like this guy's chugging candy like just cramming candy but that's bars, what it but... is you need those calories you need that boost it's He's so for 12 hours straight and like you said you um and it's not like on a track like you said it's like up mountains it's through like brickle bushes and like under a prison on aban- under an abandoned prison where they kept james earl ray where he yeah, was that's gay. right um, it's so, and, and so we talk about how literally the creme de la creme of people that hardcore athletes want to run this race and only a certain amount are accepted a year. I bet he could charge $50,000 for the, an applicant to get oh, it like easily. easily. He charges like a dollar 26 cause that's what he charged the first time the race ran and a license plate. Yeah. So it's a pretty he... pure. And each year he changes the entrance fee. Like oh, okay. he's like, yeah, one year I needed socks. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So then he, everyone, if you if you make the cut, you got to bring him a pair of socks. And then he changed it to flannels or white t shirts. That's right. That's right. Uh, and it's what like twelve people have finished this crazy ass race. It's so hard, and it always comes down to uh, a couple people. And the first person that finished, so it's like you have to go around it, like like you said, like however many times. And when there's one time left, the first person that gets to that last lap gets to choose whether you go forwards or backwards around it. Oh, we yeah. didn't even say it. It's so confusing that – and they can't follow it because people go out and start and think they've got it and they have to bring like search rescue in to get people yeah. out. It's in the dens. And to make sure people are running it, they have to retrieve pages. So say you're running a case of your number 11. You mm-hmm. show up to a checkpoint, and there's a copy of Catcher in the Rye. You have to rip out page 11 and bring it back, and that proves that you like were on the track Hit for that those day. spots, yeah. And then the next day, it's a copy of They East give you of a Eden, new number. And you have to the, pull that book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time you go back out, you get a new number, like right. a marathon number, and that's your new page to find in these books that are like breadcrumbed around this 20-plus mile ring. And I didn't understand because when he explains it is like you have to do it five times to complete it. Yeah. But one time you go clockwise, one time you go counterclockwise and it just rotates. And then the last time, like Hansa just said, every other guy goes. Oh, that's right. OK. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't I didn't get it when he explained it. But as you watch the documentary, it's like you clump up. So a lot of these guys are running uh, together. Yeah, sure. That's so right. by the time you make that last lap, he's just breaking up teams. Sure. And that's just in his he's just like, I don't know, fuck with these people. Like, oh, yeah. The, it's the it's the most uplifting documentary you will ever watch because this community is so niche. But everybody in it is like so good. These are just. They don't want to do the race to like make money or become famous right. they just want to do it because no one's done it but it also like it has lifelong consequences physically 
Like, they show, I was like, this looks, like, crazy, like, fun. Like, you almost get, like, this feeling like, oh, man, what an adventure. You can't handle it. You show, it shows a couple of the guys that actually finish or get close enough to finish. You're like, oh, he's paralyzed. He's, like, so hobbled. His knees and his feet are so, like, when they peel off his socks, you want to throw up in your hat. It is so red. The skin on his foot falls off. I think they said, because it's. Not only is it twenty miles, but it's elevation. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you were to run the whole race, I believe the statistic they said in the documentary was it's the equivalent of you climbing Mount Everest. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's nuts. And like it's awesome. And though. one guy, like, there's this one section. It's literally called like the Devil's Nutsack or whatever. And it's so thorny. And one guy's new. He's like, I can handle that. So he puts on like basically like a body glove suit. And a guy who's run it before, like an old dog's like, eh, eh, fools you every time because it's so hot and you're carrying this extra weight. And so this guy like has to like peel it off. He's like, just go fast. And it just shreds them. (laughs) I know it is. It's like the most, like, you get to that base human thing, like these thick briar patches and just like, just deal with it. Just like put your head down and go fast. Yeah. Like there's nothing you can do. Yeah, you want to keep running. That is a that is a definitely. I haven't. And Jesse and Andrea showed me that a few years back, and it, it is really if you want to have a good time and and just you know get out of yourself for Bring a little your bit. Bring your spirits up. Yeah, really will. And it and it, it's a lot of nature, which I think is, is kind of look for looking for that now. Tell me something. Speaking of. Mm. You were saying, so what did it feel like? You went out uh, to work a little bit or, you know, out kind of yeah. back into the, a, the quote unquote swing of things. What's that looking like? Yeah, it's the, we had a like meeting and then Thursday, last Thursday was we were open for like takeout and people could walk in. And in Ohio, you can uh, uh, get like liquor and beer. And take it with you, right? Like you could make somebody a cocktail, you, yeah. and they could take it in a to-go we were, cup, like little mason jar cocktails. Cool, like a small selection. Uh, and that same day was the day they announced sort of the slow opening of Ohio. Mm-hmm. So this Friday you can sit on a patio. Yep. And then the following Friday, restaurants and bars will be open. Okay. But there can be no open space. So if your bar had a big open floor. You have to have tables. People have to be sitting. Oh, yeah, to stop people from, like, constantly, like, from, congregating like, and moving. Yeah, mingling. sure, sure. And you can have a group of ten for yourself, like, your group. Yep. Everybody's got to be six feet away. Um, so we were kind of just setting up the brewery and the space for what that will be. Sure, sure. When it's open. And it's going to be weird. It's weird, like, just wearing a mask all day. You do wear you a mask. Fan- yeah. Okay. Um the phantom mask like when i came home we were like watching a movie and like once your mind forgets about it i could feel that mask on my face oh yeah what's the how's that it feels a little because i wear a mask too what's your mask situation what do you have do you what are you wearing uh i just have a homemade homemade mask i have like a stretchy sort of neck thing go over your beard to cover my beard and my nose and mouth and then i have a bandana Oh, yeah. So I either wear the bandana over my mouth or the 
stretchy thing and then flip them to something that can cover my neck and beard. Now, is it a requirement for people to come into your establishment or even your coworkers to wear a mask? You just choose to wear a mask. Uh, the owner asks that while we're there, we wear a mask. Okay. Uh, Meg, so it's going to say Meg made me a mask out of a sock, which is great because we had masks and then they got back ordered like, like a decent mask. Cause we're like, let's order a couple masks with like, has a thing with a filter. You can pull it out and put it in and wash it. Cause I was like, we're just going to be wearing masks for a while. So let's have yeah. a couple that like, it's like anything else. If it's. If we're living in South Dakota in the winter, we'll buy a good winter hat. And right now, sure. the way the world yeah. is, we're going to be wearing a mask when we go Still out. So let's wear a mask. Um, We've been trying to get Harvey used to wearing a little, like, we cut up one of her swaddles to a little mask. Yeah. Because even once it's cool to go to a park again, we still would, like... We, um, let me talk... we're going to go to the grocery store. Let me talk to Meg. Her, uh, a family member of hers is making masks... Like, really cool, well-done mask. She made Ruby, like, a Toy Story mask and, like, a Frozen mask or something. Oh, cool. And she shipped them to us, and we'll see what they're like, but let me connect with her, and I'll get a couple, and I'll ship them to you guys. Because I know oh, kid be masks amazing. are hard. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, let me connect with Meg on that for sure. We're um, trying to make a game of it in the house. Yeah, trying to figure out what to do with that. But Meg... So some people are wearing masks, some people aren't. I prefer to wear masks. I, I guess I'd prefer people to wear masks as well, but who am I? Yeah. Um, so Meg made me a mask and, out of a sock, and it was really good until we get it because it's simple. She just showed me how to cut it, and it like covered, and it was a little like softer. And it uh, like mm-hmm. with a beard, you have a beard, and we both have beards and glasses. So yeah. Oh, screwed. the worst is yeah. After this, I you can tell me how maybe the old glasses fog. But the one she cut and I put on, like, the slits were cut too close. So I put it on, and something about it was so visceral, like, it made me nauseous because the slits were in. So it, like, went like this. So it looked like a 80s VHS, like, horndog movie. It looked like <laughs> an 80s chick in, like, a tight, high-rise bikini, but on my face. <laughs> I wish I'd taken a picture. Maybe I still haven't taken a picture. I was like... That looks like a woman's crotch, but it's on my face, and it looks so strange. And that's the first thing I could go to. It's like, I don't know, so much associated with that. But yeah, uh, yeah. Let me find out about those masks. Yeah, but Ohio is just, you know, you can you can wear a mask if you want. Everyone that's come in so far has been very cool about. Got to stop here. You can order here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hans, did you see those pictures of those dudes in Raleigh, North Carolina? I did not. At the uh, state get out of the house protest? No. It's the best. So you got this dude, like this sort of, you know, like bodybuilder. Like I, I lift weights at home. It's a picture from the back. American flag tank hat. He's at Subway ordering his cold cut combo. Slung over his back is not a gun. It is a anti-tank missile launcher. Holy shit. So someone took pictures because they were doing one of those rallies and everyone brought their guns. So that dude with the missile launcher, a guy with his like AK-47 on his lap to catch his like sandwich leavings. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there's guys standing around like BS and like arguing about Coke Zero or whatever. And then the best is because I saw it on Twitter. It was from Pat Oswald's feed. 
at first when you look at it, you're like, holy crap, the last one's a guy. And what what looks like he's holding like a 50 caliber machine gun, like what you would have on the back the top of a tank or a Humvee. Right. Like, uh, And then if you look closer, if you like maximize the photo a little bit, you see that the handles are horseshoes. <laughs> And it's just made of wood. Of course. Of course. Oh so this dude is like, oh, my friends are all down there with their, you know, Chet brought his missile launcher. Isn't Honey, can I get a couple more toilet paper rolls? Isn't it amazing how somebody posted this. I was like, yeah, that's a good point. How quickly things shift based on your own comfort levels or your own ideology. Because, you know, six months ago, it was black and white flag with the blue stripe blue lives matter and then now like somebody posted like i guess those lives don't matter much anymore because it was the same guys with those like literally could have it on their shirt no mask in this poor cop's face who's got to be out there because he's essential to keep the peace shouting at him because he can't go out to best buy and buy a dvd of clueless or whatever the hell this guy's (laughs) oddly into behind closed doors you know it's just like how quickly it shifts it's like that's true i never thought about it but yeah those are the same chuckleheads that were like only blue lives matter it is except when i need to go to you know chick-fil-a exactly exactly oh my god chick-fil-a random transition so um it's really cool like i've um taken you know my nephew's um aiden came in a couple weeks ago because they're they're stuck on the island you know what i mean like Oh, sure. They're quarantined and they're, you know, they're not taking themselves to get like the groceries like and obviously you're not going to take your kid to the grocery store. Right. So kids are really, really stuck. um, So Aiden got to come in with all of the movies and technology. You're still still in the house. Yeah. yeah. Or get the fuck in the block or whatever. Right. You can't be around your friends or you're not supposed to be in congregate. Anyway, so Aiden got to come and hang out. And then the next week. The twins came and hung out, and then on the way back, they love Chick-fil-A. And I've never been. Mm-hmm. i never been. Chick-fil-A has, like, a, I've never been either. Uh, they have a system where you drive up, and instead of talking to a screen, you talk to a person that comes up to you with a little handheld, like, iPad, comes mm-hmm. to your window and takes your order. But before that, you have a guy who directs you to one of two drive through lanes, one lane where you um, have pre-called in your order, and one lane where you're going to talk to this person to order right there. So he comes up to my door, to my car, older gentleman, no mask. And he's like, did you pre-order? I was like, oh, you know what? I've never been here. Is that your policy? Because I'll go right over there as a parking lot. I'll pre-order and I'll, I'll drive back. He goes, no, no, no. Reaches into my car, grabs my shoulder and goes, I'm just messing with you. Pull ahead. And the rigor mortis on my body was just so like are you fucking kidding me dude like even before i'd like to think even before all this went down i'd be like why'd you just reach it why you gotta reach into the car hey grabby i don't need a shoulder rub and it wasn't a joke at all rap on the old window like hey just kidding come on no i had to kiss you on the cheek that guy needed some affection because that was a nice, hearty, grandfatherly shoulder shoulder I shake. As I was driving in there, I was I I didn't swear, but I was like, 
what was that? And the <laughs> twins are in the back, like on their games. They're like, what are you talking about? I was like, that guy just touched me. And they go, oh, yeah, Corona. I go, yeah, Corona. Oh, yeah. Touch me. oh crazy Uncle Hans is all hung up on Corona. <laughs> touch me. Oh, man. <laughs> But it was me, and and again, I'm I'm obviously sitting here. I'm fine, and it is what it is. But it's like, dude, stop. Reach it. Oh no, it's I felt probably this... more my reaction. That's funny because I was just so like I could feel like slow motion, like. Oh no, and like I same thing happened to us. We were open, and it's a big like square bar in the center of the space, and there's all these empty tables. It's clearly marked, like, where you should stop. And we were, all, like, doing work, and this woman just comes in, beelines past all of that, and comes around to where the staff go in and out of the bar and stops to place her order, and we all were just like, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> it's just, we were all taking it back. It was like, how, why the fuck do you, like, you're in my shit. It's like, if she walked into your bedroom. Yeah, just Like, that's how I felt. Space. I was like, the what are you doing back here? And it's obviously heightened, but it's heightened because we've all been stuck alone for like six weeks based on this shit to boot. And then it's like, why? So you're already out and you're anxious because this thing still, the virus didn't go. I don't know anything science about it, but I know the virus isn't like, I need a haircut too, man. I'm going to be cool if you're cool. Hey, man. <laughs> I got all these Shrek ear node things, man. Like, yeah, like, give me a trim, dog. But you did remind me of something. And this is terrifying. So one, I had an interaction with someone who was like a fine interaction. Like it was a distant interaction. But I was like, ah. he's like, uh, you going to rob me? Because I had a mask on. I was like, no, I'm not going to rob you. It's all right. But he's like, here, I got to show you. I got to show you a picture. I had this shirt made. I was like, you had a shirt made? So he had a shirt sh- made. He shows me this picture. <laughs> it's him. And this is like this biker dude. Uh, he has a shirt made, and it says specifically, non-essential worker, what are you going to do about it? And then his mask was a full face mask with a skull on it. And he's just, oh. he's like, so I go into stores like that, because, you know, hey, what are you going to do? I'm like, why are you terrifying people like that? But that doesn't beat this video, and I'm as a, you're, I'm a, as you ask the clerk where the baby bok choy is, you're right. like, could, I, could you direct me to the toilet paper? There's a better version of this, and I feel like it's some yokel like us, and not like us because it's it it inflicts too much hatred. But it's so absurd. So there was a guy, and he's shopping around like a Harris Teeter, like a grocery store, a normal grocery store, with people in masks. And this isn't funny because it's terrifying, but it's just so bizarre. Because and also just because he had a t-shirt and jeans. And, you know, like, white tennis shoes on. And he had a Ku Klux Klan (laughs) hood on. He said I had to wear face covering. But it wasn't like he was walking around like, oogity boogity boogity. He was, like, feeling tomatoes. (laughs) You know, knocking on melons. Are these on sale? Are the Romas in with the, oh, it's just the petites? Okay, excuse me. And that's why I thought, I was like, I was like, is that Johnny Knoxville? Because people were coming up and like shouting, they're like, take that shit off! And he was just casually like, <laughs> scanning through magazines and stuff. I was like, oh, because <laughs> he didn't interact. He didn't like, Ooh, Claire. he didn't like, uh, that's why I was like, that's a nerd who was like, wouldn't that be crazy if I did it? I'm going to do it. And now he's doing it. 
and now he's in the real world and not around his stoner boner circle with the joint and he's shaking in his boots underneath Someone's where he went, hit him with the oh i went too far iron. yeah oh my no, god the fact that he didn't respond is the like either you're ted bundy or you're just like i fucked up but i gotta commit to this bit i gotta commit to this bit i got a whole bin i got a whole cart full of groceries it's um or he's there was there's that waco show um this is not good to end on because i gotta meg's got a zoom yoga coming up so i gotta cut us tight but you know how we love the bundies you got an al bundy mm-hmm. love is a strong word you got an al bundy <laughs> we love al bundy. you got a ted bundy you got a um uh the black bundies there's a guy Oh, I wish I could think of his name. He's like this white supremacist from Idaho. And he's the guy at Ruby Ridge or something. Oh, shit. But his yeah. name's Eamon Bundy. And I heard Eamon. that. <laughs> Eamon Bundy. Oh, and I was like, wow. oh, of course he's a Bundy. Like, get off my land. I'm Eamon Bundy. I'm Eamon Bundy. I'm going to, I wish I was, sometimes you wish you could go back to school and they'd be like, look, you can do a final project on everything. And I'd go back and trace the good, the good name that is Bundy, the Bundy name, the Bundy line, Napoleon, Napoleon Bundy (laughs) Bonaparte, (laughs) Napoleon Bundy part. (laughs) That is amazing. Like if I had a more understanding wife. Our next child would be named Napoleon Bundy. Napoleon Bundy, <laughs> Bundy Frywalt. Oh. oh man, on that, that is beautiful. Oh, man, that's perfect. Did I did I cut you off anything? No, oh, no, dude. Are we ready to rock and roll? We He's should. Ready to, uh, rock and roll. to we're all kind of we're all kind of getting back into the mix of things, including including Hen Dog. So you'll yeah. hear Hen Dog soon, but he's. We'll hear what he's up to because he's, uh, like I said, Megan. he's a working man. He's back in the field. He's probably he's probably back in New York sleeping at that YMCA he was selling <laughs> up. Horrified. No ceiling and the no bottom. No bottom. <laughs> just just a guy peeking up above that has a Ku Klux Klan mask on. Get out of here, Jeff Bukizi. <laughs> I'm using the outlet. <clears throat> I don't believe in masks. Yeah, people coughing on the outlet first so they can claim it <laughs> at the men's shelter. <laughs> oh man! Well, let's hope Henning's safe from that. He's or he's back. Yeah. He does a lot of work in Chicago. Maybe if we zoom in on that video, he's get he's, he's getting, getting his, his hair done with mustache Ma- trimmed right behind uh, with with Mayor Lightfoot. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Well, I don't usually close it off. Was it? What is it? Go get your hair cut. Uh, don't kiss some moms. Stay strong. Don't hug your moms. Stay strong. Don't hug your moms. Mom. Rest in peace. Roy Horn. Rainbow guy. Tootie Fruity. One final Rudy. time. Tootie Fruity. Good booty. If it don't fit, don't force it, Hans. <laughs> you can grease it. Make it easy. Can't believe this. Womp, womp, blue, womp, womp, bamboo. Yeah, somebody got womp, bamboo. Yeah, they did. Oh, man. That makes him, I literally, like I said. Richard's creeping over the. I wrote that down. Like, he's a true original, one of the coolest men. But now that you tell me those are the lyrics, good on you, old Dirty Richard. Capital P, punk, capital F, fucking, capital R, rock. 
I'll fucking rock that, dude. Jerk practice, jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. Yeah. Alright, this is... I said the first one was the first take. This is the second because Ruby's got to go to sleep. And this shit is tougher than it, I thought. Oh, Rudy, you like it raw. Oh, Rudy, you like it raw. That booty, you like it raw. Oh, Rudy, you like it raw. Tootie fruity, yeah, tootie, yeah, I'm fruity, yeah. Tickle the keys so I can take it away. Off to the stars, now I'm glittery Mars. Yeah, from the home of the Deep South Clan. But I'll still shut you up, little man. Lipstick blouse, now you're a fan. That's all I wrote, so now I gotta rap like I'm on your lap and everybody knows that what I'm gonna do is gonna tickle the keys and give you the shoe up your buns across your face because I'm the most punk rock motherfucker in the place oh yeah little dirty Richard I hope you do 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 oh Rudy I like it raw yeah booty I likes it raw Ooh, baby I like it raw I'm a loo